Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the only podcast offering unfiltered guidance and direct advice for all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. I am Frank LaRosa. And oh, it's always here, my right-hand guy. I almost said guest. <laughs> <laughs> Again. I'll be uh, your guest. Be my guest, returning guest. You're yeah. Like, right. Thank you for having me back. You're welcome. Thanks for accepting the invitation. <laughs> <laughs> that you didn't have a choice on, right? Right. Dale Dempsey, man of the hour. If you don't know my name by now, if you're a first-time listener, welcome. He's the right-hand man. Yes. He's actually- Even though I'm, I'm ambidextrous. Okay. I did not know that Next time- you. Please refer to me as the ambidextrous man. Got it. Okay. I'll try to remember that. <laughs> Look, we're having a good time we're recording to get loose. this. Yeah, right? We're trying to stay a little loose today. As you know, it's been an interesting week, I'm sure. Well, you know, even the run-up, the last four weeks or so. So let's set the scene. So end of January, going into February, markets are tapering off a little bit. In case you haven't picked up on it yet, we're going to be talking about the effects of the market with uh, coronavirus, just in case you're... A little slow on the uptick. Yeah. So today, I guess- Dale's explanation. As we're recording this- the market was up like 17, 1800 points. Today. Yeah. Almost 2000. It might be over yeah. 2000. But, awesome. But Ooh, President wow. Trump, Vice President Pence, they're addressing the nation. I don't know, doing some really wonderful, interesting things, getting a lot of CEOs together, collaborating who are mostly competitors, but just bringing the country together. And that's where we are. That's the stage. So in context, yeah, we want to talk about- how communication yes because before this where there's less communication with the government or name the scenario that fear that anticipation is really something that needs to be addressed so i put out an instagram live or whatever it's called story i'm still learning this stuff franklarosa.elite if you want to go check it out i did put out a story yesterday about communication and from an advisor's point of view why communication is key so what we're seeing today with president, I don't care what somebody's affiliation is, right? Communication from the top is important. It's all people want to hear is communication. What's going on? What's happening? What do you think is going to happen? Make them feel comfortable with it. And I think for an advisor right now, you should be doing that. If you're listening to this podcast, we're recording this, it's after four o'clock. But if you're listening to this podcast on your way to work, getting ready for the litany of phone calls, you should be making, not getting, making, not getting, or after work, You need to be proactive in your communication with your clients. And where that came up is that a bunch of our clients were telling us, I'm swamped fielding phone calls. And when someone says to me they're fielding phone calls, in my mind, that means that they're getting inbound phone calls. And everyone's going to get inbound phone calls. But the way to manage that the right way and manage your time is to be making outbound calls to those people. Be proactive, not reactive. Hey, shout out to Josh Brown, the reform broker, put out a pretty interesting article about this recently. And what really caught my attention was this is the financial advisor's Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. This is what you get paid to do. Your relationship with your client is going to be solidified right now. It's not the run up to this. It's where are you? How do you perform right now? Exactly. I mean, that was the gist of the article, but that's that's exactly what you're saying. Right. It's easy to be a good financial advisor when the market's up 15, 20 points, right? 20%. But what you really get paid for 
from your clients is what you do in these types of markets. And if you're not doing your job, you're not going to feel it right now, sort of like with company earnings, right? We're going to have a quarter that's going to be down earnings. It's going to be delayed. You'll start losing clients in a delayed fashion because if you're not answering the phones, you're not getting back to them, you're basically leaving them in the dark, they're not going to forget that. And it's just, it's not if they leave you, it's when they leave you. So you've been through this sort of- Several several times. Yeah, similar scenario, right? Never, these are always kind of new, right? But similar scenarios, multiple times, maybe five times or so. Well, 2000 and 2001, which was the tech bubble, September 11th, which was September 11th, 2008 and 2009, all required, if you're watching our YouTube video, I have a little award thing on my desk there. And that was for in 2010, I was- awarded, they don't really do it anymore, but on Wall Street Magazine did this sort of branch manager ranking, right? Sure. Top 100 managers. I remember that. That of the top 100, they ranked the top 10 best. And so I was fortunate enough to be named as one of the top 10 managers 2010, which is really a lag coming out of 08 and 09, right? Because you're people in your complex who voted for you. So right. everybody that voted for me, thank you very much. I never forgot that. Meant a lot. Sort of like being nominated for an award by your peers, like in the movies. I mean, there's a reason you got there. Well, because it's about leadership. And I'm not saying I was super duper, you know, the best manager ever. But during 08 and 09, you have to take a leadership role and you have to communicate with your team with what's going on. And so as an advisor, you should be communicating with your clients. You should be communicating with your team. If you're running a practice, whether you're independent or not, you should be talking to your sales assistant, what's going on there, your team. The same thing happened in 2000 and. 11, where I was an assistant branch manager for Smith Barney at the time. And I worked for a manager, his name was Bill Leahy. And I learned from him. He did a great job in communicating what was going on with the market and what our company was doing with trading and if they were halted trading for how long and what's going on. And so he was communicating with us all the information we needed. So even though I was an assistant branch manager, I still had a book. So he was communicating with us so that we can communicate with our clients. And that went a long way. And so what you should be doing, and hopefully you have a manager that's doing those things, right? Hopefully you're communicating. If you're a manager, you need to be communicating with your advisors. Again, if you're running a a large practice, you need to be communicating with your whole team with what's going on. But it's interesting, the one common theme through all of those crises that I've been through personally, the one common theme is they all passed. Right? Yeah, right. You look at the chart. And yeah, you look at the chart. I think the bottom in 2001, the Dow Jones was in the sixes, I believe, 6,000 and change, something to that effect. I didn't plan on bringing that up today, so I don't know what the number was, but it's substantially higher today. It's 20,000 or whatever. That's the point. point is, is that we've gone through all of these different major crises at the time, and they are major crises, and we continue to grow. And every single time, what I saw was the end result for really good financial advisors, the really good ones that were going over the top with communicating to their clients and communicating with their prospective clients. So you have target clients that you want to go after, like a hit list of clients. Those advisors that were taking the same communication out to those people, their businesses grew exponentially coming out of this thing. Now, were they getting referrals because at a time like this, when they're communicating with their clients? Oh, is tons. That, yes. Is because, that what you saw? Okay. Because what happens is your client who you're communicating with is talking to their friend who's saying, wow, where are you getting all this information from? And they say, well, my advisor over at wherever. 
And then that guy or woman gets mad because he hasn't heard from his advisor for two weeks. Or they're trying to do it themselves. Well, and, well that's and, even and, worse, right? They're trying well, to do it themselves. And it was interesting. That's one of the things that came out of the 2000, 2001 bubble was that people that were trying to do it themselves realized nah, it's really difficult to do that with real money. So people that have a, a little bit of a nest egg or whatever can manage that through funds and indexes and stuff like that. But when you start having real money with the market crashes, call right. them 2000, 2001, and even September 11th, having a financial advisor by their side gave clients a great sense of comfort. Oh, and I could see that being true today, where people who, where the market has gone up exponentially, they haven't really seen anything for 10 years or so. And they're thinking to themselves, well, I'm going to manage this myself, but they don't know certain things. Maybe they're overweight in some sort of investment. And they've been lucky. Right, they've been lucky. That's the point. So a good market makes everybody look like a genius. And so we actually put out a podcast called Process Over Percentage. And it sort of talks a little bit about this. I didn't know this was going to happen this week, but sort of like maybe I could sense it with what was happening. And the whole point of this thing is that you need to be talking with your clients about the long term, about their goals, their ambitions, the plan that you put in place versus holding yourself out as a portfolio manager. Because with what happened this week, if you're the portfolio manager, you're getting hammered right now with questions. And you know, when we talk to advisors that are planners, they're like, yeah, this is tough, but my clients are good. They understand this short term versus a guy that's running money. He's hair on fire. Well, okay, know, can we talk. make a distinction though? Not saying that you can't run money and- No, I'm saying you know, if you're holding yourself, holding yourself out, out as, as the best portfolio manager exactly. you know, since sliced bread. Right, because you may be running money, but if you're holding yourself out there by title, by reputation- Well, that's how you're by- selling yourself. You don't want to be doing that. The final piece of this whole thing- which is sort of where our business comes in. That is, what if you're an advisor and you were planning to make a move or you're sort of on the cusp of making a move? I would tell you it's even more important to communicate with your clients, go over and above. And I've seen, I've gotten this question asked to me maybe half a dozen times already in the last two days. Does moving in a market like this, and I say a market like this, I think everyone can acknowledge this is probably a temporary thing. So it's not like some long term fundamental change in the market. But moving when the market is like this, how does that affect an advisor that transitions to another firm? And what I've seen through all of those periods of time is that clients tend to sign on the dotted line because they would rather transfer their account to the new firm with you because you're not going to change anything. And you've known them for 15 years or 20 years. Then get a call from some new person hey, Mrs. Jones, this is Johnny over at wherever. I'm your new financial advisor. I'd like to have you come in and talk about your portfolio. They don't want to hear that. No, that could be if I'm a client and I'm getting a phone Total call. Total like anxiety. That, that's the worst case scenario. Right. And so what I have seen, including in 08 and 09, as a manager, I had two of my best recruiting years ever because number one, it gave the guys that were leaving a firm like a Wells Fargo, for instance, a great reason to leave. But their clients did not want to work with anybody else because you've been working with a client for 15 years. You know who they are, you know their kids, you know their story, their issues, their plan. That's a comforting thing for a client. And all they're going to ask you is, is anything going to change if I move to the new firm? And you say, no, nothing changes. Just going to sign those forms. Okay, get them over to me. I have never seen books transition more than in those marketplaces, meaning quickly. My point there is, and I know that sort of sounds self-serving to us, 
But a fact is a fact. I've been doing this for 20 years. And in all of those situations, it didn't change, right? Well, the last point to that is a piece of advice. If you are an advisor that you're thinking about making a move, so you haven't sort of signed on the dotted line, you're not in transition yet, you're thinking about it, what you need to do right now is print off your last month's production run, your practice profile, some of them call it, because you have to make an assumption that your trailing 12 is going to go down a little bit. If in the next 90 days, you're going to have some lag time, or even a year from now, the next 90 days or so, 120 days, there's going to be some lag time. Maybe your trailing 12 is going to drop a little bit. And so by getting ready to sort of transition now, start talking to firms now using your current production runs, it'll be able to show them where your production is. You might find a deal that you like, and at least you'll be able to, not that you're ever doing anything for the money, because I don't advise you ever to move firms just for the money. I've never really seen that work out for advisors that only move for the money. But the fact that matters, you don't want to do it for free either. And if you're going to do it, you might as well top ticket as best you can, which is sort of what we master at, right? Trying to get our advisors as much money as they can. But that's another piece of advice I would give everybody that's listening, that's thinking about transitioning to firms, print off your practice profile so that you can at least have good numbers to show a new firm. So I I didn't mean to interrupt, but. I guess kind of on the heels of that, I was going to ask, have you noticed like a lag period? Let's just look into the crystal ball scenarios for a second, right? Let me get my crystal ball. Okay. There's a scenario maybe where easily, I think, where this market comes back, roaring back. 75%, 50%. 75%, 50%. But in six months or so, it's at a relative place to where it was a few weeks ago, three weeks ago, a month ago. Is there a period where do you see firms, have you historically taken advantage of the fact that there was a dip in the market over that period of time? And maybe the other side of that is, have you in disadvantage or advantage? Meaning the firm will keep the deal more no, or less I the think, same? I think there'll be... I think I sort of understand that was a really long-winded question. (laughs) Let's just put that out there. Okay, that was really long. Definitely not where I thought you were going with it. But I think that in the short term, I can see firms pulling back their deals a little bit because of the unknown. Once things level out, smart firms will, because their advisor force as a whole and their assets under management as a whole just got decimated. And so smart firms will look at this as an opportunity to pick up some advisors, buy some assets. Again, for firms, it's about assets. Assets will lead to the revenue. So they're buying assets. Go buy those assets now because if they're going to structure deals based on assets under management, they're getting an advisor a little bit on the cheap. They're paying a little bit less for those assets that they know are going to come back. Right. Right. So if you have a $100 million book and your deal is 30 basis points on assets, I'm just- Picking a number. Picking a number, I understand. 30 basis points on assets and that book- goes down to 80 million in assets. So you're paying 30 basis points and 80 million, but you know, as soon as this market recovers, that 80 million is going to go right back to hundred, but you only really pay down 80. There's some lag time there that is an unknown. We don't know how long this is going to go. So I guess what I'm asking is, have you seen a firm take advantage of that? So they recognize, you know, well, forget, forget about that, interest yeah, rates for a second. What I'm saying is that they might come out with a deal that's a little bit better, a little more lucrative in relative terms, because they know that even though the deal itself is better, it's going to be paid on a lower number. So it looks better, but actually in totality, it's not as strong a deal because it's based on a lower number. All right. Well, let's leave the listeners anyway, with that before we, we totally just off. confused them. And you know, you could <laughs> think about that one over the weekend. 
But anyway, look, the moral of the story here is, and it's been on my mind, is you have to lead your clients. You have to be in front of them. You have to be communicating with them. And this includes prospects that you want to go after. Lead them also. Be a leader in this environment. There's no downside to over-communicating. There's a massive amount of downside to under-communicating. And I think if I want to say one, if that's the major point, that's the major point. Over-communicate. No downside. Massive downside if you under-communicate. With that said, thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Send us comments, questions. Shoot me a DM at franklarosa.elite or check out our YouTube channel, Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Go to iTunes, smash that like button, give us some reviews. We need those five-star reviews. Helps us with our rankings. We really appreciate that. We try not to push anything on this show and just give you the sort of the real talk. So the only thing we really ask for from everybody listening is to share our podcast and give us great reviews. With that said, have a great weekend and hopefully next week's better than this week. Good talk. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts.